This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It is always great to be saving money on that power bill, to use technology wisely, and to live a more sustainable life. I'm Tim Eccles, and this is the weekend we've been waiting for, Super Bowl weekend. I am so so excited (laughs) about this big game. I mean, not only are we going to have an incredible football game, but, you know, between... Uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, the greatest of all time, some argue. Uh, but that Kansas City team, man, they were great last year. They're good this year. They've even got a, a couple of UGA guys out there that we're cheering for on that team. My co-host today as we kind of break down uh, the Super Bowl of energy that's going on out here in the culture. Casey, mm. Casey Boyce from Decatur. Casey, how you doing? I'm good, Tim. And I'm hearing a third voice here that's joining oh. us that may sound familiar to oh, some of our yes. listeners. Yeah, for those that want to get in the Wayback Machine and go back to the beginning of Energy Matters, John Noel, the Honorable John Noel, oh. former state representative John Noel, entrepreneur John Noel. He's back. John, oh, great man. Great to have you back in the seat. Oh, it's always good to be here, especially if we get to talk about the GOAT. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Tom Brady. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes, and it's, it is a, a fantastic uh, you know game coming up. Uh, we're also going to talk about a little Super Bowl food uh, and what you guys – that might be a good place to start here, uh, John, because I'm, I'm a wing guy. We're going to have a lot of wings over here. My son-in-law is coming over. And by the way, my son-in-law, uh, he grew up in Boston, right? So he was – Oh, he, he, so he's fully obnoxious. He, he's, he is Brady all the way back to when Brady yeah. Uh, was, yeah. was there. In fact, his dad uh, runs – um, the stat booth, uh, the computers in the stat booth uh, at wow. at Gillette Stadium, and in fact had invited me up, and I had a chance to go and sit there, kind of in back of the stat booth, and kind of watch how all the magic happens. And Casey, that's amazing. And Casey, yeah. if we think meters are smart, if we think Teslas are smart, the way that the NFL does statistics and how they, uh, how that. That statistic room runs Las Vegas. It runs uh, it runs fantasy football. That is probably the most important thing happening is the official statistics coming out of a uh, out of an NFL game. Man, and you know, I'm always impressed by the commentators in games, just that what they've got off the top of their head. And I know it's not off the top of their head, right? But, it, you know, their ability to pull these stats about these players and make it relevant to what's going on on the field. So, you know, hearing that and and that, you know, it's it's going all over the place. And, you know, maybe someday that could happen with energy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. How about just maybe. how about just COVID testing and COVID rollout? Let's get those guys on the case. Yeah, the NFL, you know, I've been surprised that the NFL uh, has – they played an entire season this year despite COVID. And I guess when it comes down to it, uh, priorities are priorities. And uh, and even though if you were in San Francisco at at Levi Stadium – and you were a commentator, you had to wear a mask while you were announcing the game, uh, but they still allowed the teams to play, m- most of the teams with no fans. But the NFL, you know, I think for the most part, escaped the disaster that was COVID in 2020. And it, it's cool at the uh, the Super Bowl that they're bringing in healthcare workers who have been vaccinated uh, for for the attendees, right? I mean, these folks have been on the front lines for a long time. They deserve something nice. It's a good way to get a lot of fan energy in the stadium. So really cool that they're doing that. Yeah, the NFL. I watch NFL every single Sunday. I have the red zone. I'm a fanatic. I play fantasy football. The NFL. They focus a month on veterans and the active military. They do a month on Hispanic heritage and. Hispanic recognition. They do a month on breast cancer, and in this yeah. and, and in this situation, they're going to, you know, give a shout out to healthcare workers. I mean, entirely appropriate. And I, you know, I, I mean, the NFL is 
a pretty phenomenal organization. If you look at it from a business standpoint, they they really have continued to just grow their audience and you know to you know to figure out ways to make it work. I I heard I heard the other day that they broadcast a game on Nickelodeon, but they substituted all the graphics and everything with really fun kid-oriented stuff like they they made the goalpost they outlined the goalpost with like cheese straws or something and i mean it was it was a a very funky broadcast geared to try to you know, uh, go in and grab a new audience. Uh, and the spongification of the NFL. It, yeah. it was. It was. But today, to you, our audience, we are we are talking about the Super Bowl, the entire uh, segment here and beyond. Uh, but we're going to liken it to energy because there's. I think there's a lot of comparison, guys. If we think about as we think about where we're at in. Uh, in our society, just like football, it's really, really important. Uh, John, energy has become, I think, maybe a top three uh, issue in many people's minds. Am I am I stretching it there? You think maybe it's top five nope. or is it top three? Nope. Nope. Now, we, of course, Tim, uh, Casey, we all come at this from a biased perspective. It is our fields, professional fields and interests. So we're nerding out on this and we just assume it's kind of like me with lights. I walk into a building and I just think the building is all about lights, but that's because it's my business. And that's why I say, I think yet you are correct. And an independent observer would say the same thing because the climate change is so prominent and energy factors so prominently amongst that most prominent uh, 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 feature. In fact, I got my recent Georgia power bill and it actually calls out climate change is occurring. Well, that's important that one of the largest utilities in the country is actually saying that. Uh, it surprised me. So with, with Biden's focus, my quarterback, our quarterback in, the, in this fictional game, uh, with his uh, uh, leadership, yes, energy is important because it will be driving decisions about climate change. And it, it, the ancillary benefits are people saving money, government facilities saving money. Um, all of that's going to occur just like it did during the stimulus. Look, you guys know that, uh, you know, I run a large national study about utility customers and we've seen evidence and it, it grew over 2020 that customers, to John's point, really are much more concerned about climate change than they were a year ago. And they're looking to their utility as part of the solution. So they understand that there's an environmental impact to a lot of energy production. They want their utility to help be a solution to that. They're looking to their utility for solutions around electric vehicles. There's a lot of consumer interest around EVs and growing. And we've certainly talked about that a lot on this show. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it it is a top three issue nationally um, and particularly if you're looking at, at younger customers, they're very, very attuned to it because it's their future. You know, if we think about the teams that's on the field in the Super Bowl, Kansas City, you know, versus Tampa Bay, they they are the best because they have gone through the playoffs and now they're, you know, they're in essentially the final final game. As you think about energy sources that are out there that kind of have made it through the tough times and that that this moment in 2021 are on the field playing the big game. I'm going to first ask you, Casey, and then John, you know, what do you think the the two teams that are out there in terms of generation sources are? And you've, you've got to pick two. You can't just give me one. Uh, the two that are out there that are getting the most uh, the most traction right now. Casey? Well, I mean, certainly in terms of growth, you've got wind and solar. Um, those are the, the big ones. I, you know, I would say, you know, since we're pitting two teams out here, um, maybe I'll go broader and say renewables more generally, um, uh, you know, with wind and solar certainly being part of that. And then natural gas being the other one. Um, you know, we've talked a bit on the show uh, that, you know, the, the utility sector has decarbonized significantly. And a lot of that has been natural gas generation that has displaced coal generation. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are still looking at natural gas as a very significant producer of electricity. Um, but, it, you know, they're out there fighting for their life right now against the renewables. Yeah, John, how about you? And you can you can say the same ones if that's who you think is on the field. Now, I, well, I do. I, I'm going to break it into two groups then. Um, in Georgia, 
Uh, it is solar, without question. We're expanding solar, residential solar. Heck, I'm thinking about expanding my solar system. I mean, so we're all talking about solar. Um, because you said generation, I'm going to leave out batteries, even though it, it, it assists in things. It doesn't, power doesn't just come out of batteries. It must be put in there. So uh, then what is the second source? And it, it, it pains me to say, but it's nuclear. Um, and so, I, I mean, we just brought, you know, good, bad, right or wrong. We just brought on a huge nuclear system and, or will be very soon. Oh, please. And, um, and that is going to be a big factor in Georgia. Now, the second question is to the world, the U.S. and world. And that answer is, is back to KC Solar and it is wind. Wind is going down in price and there's a lot of places with a lot of wind. Well, when we come back, I want us to talk about the positions that make up a football team and how it relates to the energy world. Maybe talk about some trick plays that are going on out there in energy energy Uh-oh. land. Uh, I mean, what's the purpose of halftime and preparation, you know, practice, uh, you know, and, and training camp and all that it takes to finally get to the big game. So stick around. We're talking football today. We're talking Super Bowl. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Energy Matters would like to thank GasSouth for its support of the show. GasSouth has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. GasSouth, the difference is good. GasSouth believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Green Power EMC. From the suburbs to rural farming communities, Georgia is enjoying the benefits of a more sustainable future through the power of solar energy. Available from 38 of Georgia's member-owned electric membership cooperatives, or EMCs, these not-for-profit utilities are harnessing the sun's energy to bring clean, renewable, and affordable electricity to 4.2 million Georgians. For more information, visit www.greenpoweremc.com or contact your local EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We're back on Energy Matters. We're talking Super Bowl. Today is Super Bowl weekend, Kansas City versus Tampa Bay. I'm not sure who you're cheering for. Casey, you got a team in this? I don't have a team in this, but I've got to be rooting for Kansas City, not only because they're going to beat Brady, who I love to hate, um, but also because there's a lot of wind power in the Midwest and the, the utility out there is is buying a lot of wind power. So, you know, why not tie it back to energy? I'm feeling some wind on the other end of the line here. <laughs> That's the wind I got. <laughs> Yeah, so John, I guess you're you're a Tampa Bay guy. Oh yeah, look, Sunbelt Sunbelt deal, Buccaneers. How do you say no to that? And and Tom Brady is the ultimate guy who just sticks it to the man. I mean, this is my thing. I think know, sticking no, it to the man. John Tom Brady is the man, my no, friend. No, he's sticking <laughs> it to the, he's sticking to his former boss. He's sticking it to the Pats. I love it. Yeah, Brady is just incredible. I saw a video of him after. They beat New Orleans, and Brady was was out talking to Drew Brees, the quarterback for New Orleans, and this was after the game, and and, uh, and a lot of people had left, and he was throwing passes to Brees's little boy. So it was it was like so sweet. I was going, man, that that's really that's really cool. 
So, you know, we, we talked in the last segment about kind of the two big sources of power. Casey, you, 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 you said solar and wind are really the two big forces that are out there right now. John, you said solar and, and nuclear energy when it comes to, to Georgia. Uh, you know, as I, as I think about what I'm seeing, you know, around the world, um, you know, certainly coal is it's on its way out. I mean, even in China, they're, you know, they're building 26 nuclear reactors so they can close coal plants. And, uh, you know, we're after stealing our technology, they're building 26. They, they, and, and they are. I've been to one of them. And, and so that's going to be all good for China. John, you've been there a lot. What is is the pollution as bad as people say? Oh, yeah. And in fact, I, I will tweet out uh, shortly the uh, pictures of this. Uh, I was uh, uh, east of Beijing on a, on a bullet train uh, headed to a factory, and I was on the bullet train for two hours, and in the entire time, the sun was rising, it was early in the morning, um, you could see the sun trying to fight its way through all the haze of these coal plants. It was, it was eerie and weird. I mean, 26, 26 large reactors, and not all of them are AP-1000s, but a few of them are, certainly going to going to help them china's dealing with a lot of pollution and so you know tim to your point they're um they're working on ways of reducing that i think a lot of uh, other developing countries are are finding the same thing right like india bangladesh you know these are very large populations they're demanding energy historically the way that you get energy is burning fossil fuels but they're really quickly realizing yeah that's not going to work for us and so um you know both china and india are transitioning really quickly to cleaner sources of power, be it solar, nuclear, uh, hydroelectric, um, you know, things like that, because like it's a very real tangible thing, the environmental impact of these energies. You know, when you think about, you know, a team that is going down the field, I mean, a quarterback that can throw the ball, very important. And obviously Brady and Mahomes are both incredible quarterbacks and they can get that team down the field really in just you know, less than two minutes. It's it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, their their skill set. John, you mentioned that you thought Joe Biden was kind of the quarterback for the energy world right now. And as you see him quarterbacking and making some policy changes, I mean, what are those changes that he's making, and how do you think it's going to help uh, move? Uh, the team down the field, so to speak. But two answers to that. One is the executive orders. There's undoing a lot of the damage that the Trump orders did, particularly when it comes to climate. Um, and, you know, we argue as we probably would about Keystone Pipeline, like that's a big deal. Like stopping that is good because that helps on climate change and, and, and hopefully they can't resell it elsewhere. After the play, unsportsmanlike conduct. John, I hear what you're saying about the oil sands coming out of Alberta, but they're going to go to the refineries anyway. And it is much safer to transport it in a pipeline than it is to put it in a rail tank car. And uh, because it is still going to go and those rail tank cars carry about 30,000 gallons a pop. So got a hundred cars and a train. So about 3 million gallons or 70,000 barrels of this crude taking about three days to go from Alberta down to the Gulf Coast. So they're still going to go there, whether or not, you know, they go in a pipeline or a train. So we don't have to say anything else about it, but you need to be accurate here. But also the second part would be the the money that's going to come out of the stimulus. This infrastructure that they're talking about rebuilding is going to be a big deal just as it was in the last economic collapse that we had to dig out of, thanks to the Republicans, um, the Obama-Biden administration enacted a lot of stimulus programs. And my company and many other people were, and tons of people that work for us were benefactors of some of the energy efficiency stimulus that was directed to colleges and universities and governments. So I think a lot of that is going to come again. And uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it, not even from a business perspective. If I got a zero dollars of it, I'd be happy. I just want I just want the world to turn around. I want climate to be a priority again. And so yeah, that's what I would say to your question. 
Well, and I think the other thing, John, that, that you didn't mention that is potentially even a bigger deal is using the purchasing power of the federal government to make some of these changes. So, you know, you think about like the, the DOD, the Department of Defense, is the single largest uh, energy user in our country, right? And so, you know, the commitment to procure clean energy, renewable energy, the commitment to put all of the uh, federal fleet into electric vehicles over time. And as we've talked about on the show before, that's not going to be easy, by the way. But, you know, the federal government has the ability to really move markets and make that the default choice so that big companies, consumers get to kind of ride on the coattails of the, the essentially the savings that that will be generated as you know company, companies come down the experience curve for producing renewables, for producing electric vehicles, things like that. So that, that's a big not, deal. We should not underestimate that EV deal that because note that Biden said that. And the next day, uh, this, the, the GM CEO came out and said, by 2035, we're out, like 100% electric. GM. So yes, it's going to be hard for the patrol guy, for the for the patrol people on the you know in some of the rural parts. <laughs> you know, I can see the these guys that are out there hundreds of miles out going, how the hell am I going to fuel up my electric truck or my electric SUV on my patrol? Those are anomalies. The reality is that most of the stuff is within the the electrical network, and guys like Tim Eccles who have been building out the Georgia network. And, and sees this stuff coming, we're just, it, that, it's that same network build out that's gonna be coming from the feds on steroids. Yeah, Casey, uh, uh, you know, one of the things, if you look at Biden as a quarterback, and certainly, I mean, the president of the United States, whoever it is, is the most powerful person in the world. So I think you've got to, you know, you've, you've got to say he's quarterbacking this and he has made climate, you know, one of his top priorities. Getting back in the Paris Agreement, I mean, do you see that as a big deal? I mean, it's not a binding treaty, and it's a United Nations program. Should we read much into that? Look, as you said, the Paris Agreement is not a binding treaty, and it's kind of an agreement where all the countries got together and said, yeah, we'll kind of do our best. Um, So from the standpoint of actually doing anything on climate, getting back into the Paris Agreement really is is not meaningful. It's really about the stuff that we were just talking about in actually making change in how energy is produced and used. That being said, getting back into the Paris Agreement certainly is a symbolic uh, win for the United States. I mean, that, that, that's been the challenge, right? You had almost every country except us, Russia, and I think Nicaragua that were not in the Paris Agreement for, you know, the, the past four years. Uh, and so, you know, we think about American competitiveness, whether it's, you know, building wind turbines or building electric vehicles, like John was talking about, General Motors getting ready to, to make that transition. It's helpful to have the country saying, yeah, we're committed to this and it becomes a way that we can access other markets. So I do think from a leadership standpoint and from an economic competitive uh, competitiveness standpoint, rejoining the Paris Agreement is is a big deal. But from an actual climate agreement and eh, not so much, you know, I, I, I have been, you know, to the United Nations building a number of times. In fact, I created a program called Team Pack UN. It was a part of the nonprofit that I created. And we would take kids. Yeah, you know, we did this maybe for three years. Uh, to the United Nations during one of their conferences. We weren't obviously a part of a delegation, an official delegation, but I wanted kids to see how the United Nations worked. And it's, it's based on consensus leadership, not majority rule. So I, I wanted our kids, our conservative kids, because there was always a lot of criticism about the UN. And I felt like and until you go there and understand it, it's really hard to give appropriate criticism. And I wanted our kids and me personally to understand. In fact, uh, I think I, I we, we may have been the only group, uh, maybe the only evangelical group to ever have gone into the UN chapel, pulled out guitars, sang hymns and be kicked out of the UN chapel for actually, oh for actually worshiping. <laughs> so, so that's awesome. So we were, we were removed of that. <laughs> So, hey, when we come <laughs> when we come back, I want to talk more about what's going on out here in in the energy world. Trick plays that may be that may be happening that may surprise you. All the practice that goes into not only football but into the energy world and how that works. So, stick around. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking Casey. We're talking Tampa Bay. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. 
Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Tim Eccles for Marlin Gas Services. As the port continues to grow, more and more trucking companies are using natural gas in their trucks instead of diesel. Marlin Gas Services is helping to usher in this clean opportunity. With their specialized rigs, they create virtual pipelines with all the equipment and expertise to provide reliable, clean natural gas. Marlin Gas is the company that gas utilities, pipeline companies, and industrial facilities turn to. See MarlinGas.com for more information. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMVW Auto Sales. COVID-19 has changed everything, even buying a car. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, not only sanitizes every car, but you can buy it online and they'll trailer it to your home anywhere in Georgia and surrounding states. They've used electric cars, plug-in hybrids, and traditional hybrids. Check out the inventory at ev-hybrid.com. That's ev-hybrid.com. They have a three-day loaner period as well if you want to make sure electric works for you. Check them out at ev-hybrid.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We're back on Energy Matters. We're talking Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, my my co-host, KC Boyce, appropriately cheering for KC, Kansas City. Heck yeah. KC, uh, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> uh, Mecole Hardeman from the University of Georgia, uh, Travis Kelsey, a, 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 a phenomenal tight end, great team, um, and most I think believe they're probably going to win the game. Sure, hope so. Yeah, uh, John Noel, uh, John Tom Brady's forty three years old, the oldest guy in the NFL, and he has gone to this new team. He left Bill Belichick, left Boston, left New England, and he has go- yeah, and he has gone down there, and he has shown everybody that he is the man, and and and, and that's your team, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, for this purpose, yes. Uh, yes. I mean, we're all Falcons fans. You don't want me to rise up on you, but yes. Uh, yeah, okay. So, we, we, we've we got this. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be cheering for the Bucks as well because I had a chance to go to Gillette Stadium in Boston and Foxborough, actually, and sit in that stat booth with my, uh, with my daughter's father-in-law, uh, who... Uh, who runs the stat booth and fantasy football? I don't know if y'all have ever played it, but it is it is generated by those stats coming out of every one of those NFL stadiums, and you're getting to your phone or your computer uh, the points for your player based on those real stats. And it was it was cool sitting in that stat booth and hearing the statisticians try to decide. Uh, who actually got the tackle if it was in question, whether, you know, whether it was, you know, two and a half yards or two yards. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of things that they decided before they hit enter after every single play that determined, you know, what actually happened and what the world knew uh, happened there since, you know, obviously most people aren't in the stadiums. They're only looking at their phones. So it really is... Uh, this back end of what's going on, this uh, I, maybe maybe I'll just call it the smart part of football, and it's been around for quite a while, Casey. But I mean, we're seeing smart homes, smart inverters, smart transformers. I mean, smart is certainly taking over. Yeah, it sure is, and you know, certainly when we think about you know what we're talking about on this show, which isn't football, Tim, despite what you'd like to do, I think, Um, (laughs) you know, the the energy sector, the amount of data that's coming in is just massive. And, you know, it has the potential to drive a lot of positive change, including the ability to integrate more renewables. Right. John and I both picked teams that included renewables here. And, uh, you know, for the purposes of our our little discussion, um, 
But you need that data, right? You know, need to know what the use at various premises is. You need to know the you know individual generation characteristics. You need to know state of charge of batteries, whether they're in a car or on the grid or you know in a home. Um, and all of this data really makes things work well together. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe we can find some sort of a, a fantasy energy uh, game uh, thing. Uh, you, you gentlemen wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Hey, everybody's got to tune in at NFL uh, Fantasy Football Draft Weekend, the first weekend in September, because we do a fantasy energy draft every year, and it is so fun. And we'll add Andrew Saunders, our fourth voice. He'll be back with us in September for that. Hey, John, let me ask you about positions. I know we talked about Biden kind of being the quarterback uh, on whatever the winning team is. Uh, i tell you who the I defense guess. is. I'll just jump right in there. I mean, right now, if Biden's the quarterback trying to drive down the field, the defense and all these linebackers is the Republican Senate. They're saying, oh, no, I mean, got guys that said, oh, climate change isn't even real. I mean, it's just so he's up against a wall of defenders, and um, it's going to be hard. But I interjected. Keep going. Yeah, no, I th- I think that I mean I didn't know you were going to go there, and and I you know I was I was thinking well it's fifty fifty with Kamala Harris getting the tie, but it's you know it's not going to be as easy for him to get things done as I thought it was, right? And and I mean why is that? Republican obstructionism, I, I, in my opinion. Um, but let's be fair about it. Uh, he's also thinking big. He's going big. He's going long. He is going to throw some. He's going to throw some long, some some long passes. Uh, and 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 as you figure out when those receivers don't don't grab it, and you get to the second and the third down, and he's you know, then uh, we're going to just start. It's just going to be block and tackle. And uh, well, I mean, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. I mean, he true, is right, right. He's he, not a he's a, <laughs> yeah. He's 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 in the Democratic Party, and I would say, well, he may not be the middle linebacker. I think he's certainly a defensive tackle. I mean, he's not going to let Biden do the Green New Deal. Is he? You guys are talking about politicians because uh, you guys are politicians, right? Or at least, John, you're a recovering politician. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think there's another group here that is worth thinking about. Um, actually, two groups. One is the state regulatory commissions and the other is the utilities themselves. And kind of depending on where you are in the country, you know, b- both unquestionably are really important for achieving any sort of progress on the field. Right. Um, but in some parts of the country, they are the offensive line. And in some pe- parts of the country, they are the defensive line. And in some parts of the country, it's the regulatory commissions and the utilities on the offense. Some it's on the default fence. Sometimes they're switched, you know, one way or the other. Right. So, I mean, this more localized version of decision making really is critical for making any progress. Yeah, there can be big sweeping policy changes that are made at the federal level. But, Tim, it's up to you and your colleagues to really figure out, you know, how does that translate in Georgia? You set the IRP, right? Yeah, I, I really tell people what that it, oh, more, jargon check. What's IRP? Sorry, my bad. The plan. integrated resource plan, which is a planning process set up by the legislature in 1991 that allows the Public Service Commission to not only have a have a peek into what the utility wants to do, but basically we have a veto over what they do when they want to build something. And this happened after Vogel 1 and 2 went over budget, where now we have a veto power. But you know what we had to give up to get that, John? We had to essentially guarantee them rate recovery. Before 1991, they built things on spec. And if we needed it, we took it. If we didn't, they had to find another buyer. After 1991, and by the way, it was a democratically controlled House, Senate, and governor in 1991 that created this, uh, this IRP, Integrated Resource Plan. And by the way, no Republican uh, you know, uh, version of the General Assembly has ever even amended it. It was a very good, it was a very good piece of legislation. Boyd Pettit from Cartersville, the state representative at the time, kind of headed, headed that uh that that bill up on the floor uh, authored that bill and it has served our state really well uh, and Georgia continues I feel like to be 
14 or 15% below the national average in our utility prices. And we are moving ahead with, you know, innovative technologies, whether that's a Second Life EV battery. That's, I mean, there's a lot of states, John, that wish their utility would spend $24 million on EV make ready, a whole bunch, because there are many states that don't want the utilities in the EV business whatsoever. But Casey, I you were a, making a point, and I interrupted you by getting him to define that. What were you saying? Well, it was it, no, but it was a good point, right? I mean, let's let's not uh, be too jargony here. But but the point being, you know, exactly to to what Tim just ended on, you know, here in Georgia, the Public Service Commission has really pushed Georgia Power to you know make some progress around cleaning up its generation in terms of investing in electric vehicles and i think you know to be fair georgia power wants to invest in electric vehicles too right yeah um so well, you think you know if, so from a, a football analogy standpoint right you, you've got you know the commission and you know the utility kind of serving as the offensive line saying okay you know if biden's going to make these you know big long bombs they're going to hold off the defenders um you know long enough for uh, for him to get that that uh, target and throw down field and i would say maybe on the other team you know you've got the utility as the quarterback uh, because they are the ones that's proactive and setting things up and i i kind of view me as a deep safety right i, I view me as a deep safety for our ratepayers, and sometimes i'm going to intercept that ball that the utility throws and i'm going to go the other way and that's exactly what we've done with solar in georgia commissioner mcdonald myself commissioner everett we intercepted that ball and we went the other way that's a uh, great analogy and you yeah. did and you know you and i'll disagree about a lot of things i'll throw i'll i'll, I'll try and tackle you hard on the field but where you're right, and, and that's, that's, that's a lot of times, where you're definitely right on this solar thing, man. Holy mackerel. You've really pioneered that. Yeah, and it's not that the utility is, is wrong all the time. They're certainly not. But no one's perfect. <laughs> no one's perfect, and it takes they're all of us. They're just wrong a lot of the time. And their interests uh, are their own. Your interests are for the people. And that's, and that's you know, your interests are supposed to be for the ratepayers and Georgia Power's interests are supposed to be for the shareholders. Yeah, and, and, and there you have someone in the cheap seats throwing popcorn down on the field. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's rolls of toilet paper, not just popcorn. Oh, sorry, I got a roll sorry. of toilet paper here. Hey, stick, stick around. We're going to be back one more segment. We're going to talk about the big game. We're going to talk about energy, how it all works, uh, who's doing what, and whether we're going to be able to score or not. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com. ev hybrid.com Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Better Tomorrow Solar. Imagine a world powered by sunlight. Imagine your home powered by sunlight. 
Better Tomorrow Solar has a passion for helping you see this for yourself. They've worked hard to overcome the chief obstacle to solar adoption, its initial cost. In some cases, they can install your solar panels at no cost, then charge a predetermined, stable rate for the energy used. In other cases, Better Tomorrow Solar has creative ways to finance the installation so the monthly payments are lower than the energy savings. Find out more at BetterTomorrowSolar.com. That's BetterTomorrowSolar.com and see how you make your world better. Hey, this is Tim Eccles back for one more Super Bowl segment here this Super Bowl weekend. I'm your host of Energy Matters. I'm Vice Chair the Public Service Commission. You can catch me on Twitter at Tim Eccles, my co-host these days, Casey Boyce. Casey, where can folks find you? Oh, you guys can find me at Casey Boyce on Twitter. And our our early co-host, uh, John Noel, former state representative. John, how can folks find you on Twitter? New Energy Guy. New Energy Guy. So, John, I, let me ask you, are you on the team? Are you on Biden's team? And what do you see yourself maybe being a receiver? Are you carrying the ball? Are you blocking? Are you blocking and trying to help that team get down the line? How do you How do you kind of, are you on the bench? Or are you up in the stands throwing popcorn? I love that. It. It, it ain't popcorn. I, I tell you that. I, 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 I am up in the stands. But having been, having run, uh, won, run, lost, uh, I, I know what it's like to be in the field, to run down the field, to get tackled, and to get to the, to the end zone. I, uh, I'd, I don't know. I guess I'd love, to, I'd love to be out there. I'd love to be a receiver. I'd love to get thrown a ball, and I'd love to go take it all the way down. Um, the reality is most of us uh, on a team are going to find ourselves um, in a blocking position or uh, uh, something like that. So I, I'm not feeling like I'm going to be, uh, you know, trying to run down the field. Yeah, Casey, if you think about Travis Kelsey being the, you know, the, you know, the best tight end in the NFL for Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, since you're the Kansas City guy, do you see the Department of Energy being more like a running back or they a receiver? Uh, I mean, they're certainly an important player in all that we talk about on Energy Matters. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think they're probably more of a, a yeah, probably more of a receiver in that they're probably not going to be the you know big playmaker. Every once in a while, they get you know, lucky, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll get some, they'll get some yards, uh, here and there with efficiency standards and some of the R and D that they're doing, but it's, you know, it's other folks that are going to make the big spectacular kind of hail Mary, uh, type plays. Yeah. So John, if you think about, and neither Kansas city nor Tampa Bay has what I would call a, a top tier running back that's getting, you know, getting a lot of carries because both of those quarterbacks throw a lot. As you think about this administration coming in, the, the running back off gets a lot of attention because they carry the ball a lot. So what is what is going to be Biden's kind of main play that he that he does when it comes to to energy? Well, you could ask John Kerry. He's going to be he's going to be that guy. He's going to be twisting and turning and trying to trying to work his way down uh, the field. I think they are going to vastly expand solar batteries, EVs, everything that we nerd out on and you even as a republican i mean a lot of this stuff shouldn't be partisan it's it saves money saves the planet creates jobs biden's real message here has been to the unions and uh, you know vogel say what you will about vogel it's good for union and good paying jobs and for that i'm i'm an advocate um and the same will be true writ large in the united states there'll be a lot of jobs connected to these to these improvements that will be an economic driver, especially for working families, working people. Yeah, so I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a catch all of everything. You know, I wish I, I wish I could say that nuclear energy in the U.S. was going to be you know an an every play occurrence, uh, but I'm afraid it's going to be more like a trick play uh, that that it's only going to be used periodically and. Uh, I was talking with someone the other the other day, the the French nuclear attache who's in the French embassy in Washington had a 45 minute call. I knew his predecessor and I knew his predecessor. So I really 
I, I really value what the French have done with reprocessing on, and all. So I was I was trying to explain I was trying to explain to this French uh, diplomat, this attaché working in nuclear energy, that we weren't going to see anybody else in the United States build an AP one thousand. It's not going to happen. And if we build small modular reactors in Georgia, I don't think we would even start before another twenty years. So, I, I mean, Casey, do you see small modular reactors being a trick play or is it going to be a part of every team's playbook in the future? I, you know, it's probably more of a trick play. Like, you know, if you if you think about it, they have a lot of promise, but they're not yet commercially available. And what is commercially available is wind and solar and increasingly batteries. And the cost of those continue to go down. And so, yeah, we might get some small modular reactors here and there as needed, but I don't think it's going to ever become the backbone of the system. Um, And, you know, one of the other we're talking trick plays here. One of the other things that I think might be a a trick play for us is actually overbuilding on renewables again, because it's so cheap today as we're recording this. It's a cloudy day. It's in the middle of winter renewables. um, You know, solar doesn't produce so uh, well in these kind of conditions. My system on my house isn't doing too well. So, you know, if you want to have electricity uh, year round, you want to have big renewable system. Well, guess what you can do with that? when you don't need it in the summer um, or in shoulder seasons, you can produce hydrogen. And what can you do with hydrogen? You can burn it. And so I think that's gonna be another trick play increasingly is using that excess renewables instead of just turning off the tap of electrons, using it to produce hydrogen and doing all sorts of interesting stuff with it. John, do you see any other trick plays, uh, any other trick plays in the energy world that may be, may be utilized uh, in the near future? Yeah, I'm going to go two tax. One is uh, I'm going to say that the tax credits for different things are going to be expanded under the Democrats in the next uh, four years and presumably eight years. So things like EV chargers at your home, which you can get a tax credit for now, boom, that's going to be expanded. Solar tax credits might get expanded. Um, but I'm going to say a, a sleeper. We don't think about it. We don't talk about it. Geothermal. I think geothermal power, not in Georgia, but in the rest of the world, rest of the parts of the country, I think geothermal power actually is going to sneak up on people. And um, and I think in, from from residential and commercial standpoint, the implementation of geothermal HVAC systems will become more and more prevalent, in part because the tax credits will help drive it. And John, I had the opportunity a couple of years back to go uh, visit Iceland, um, and they run most of their country on geothermal uh, electric production because they're, of course, so close to the the Earth's core. I guess it's a, it's fairly thin there, the mantle. Um, and you know, interestingly, that means that they've become a a aluminum production center for Europe because uh, aluminum is very electricity intensive. It's why TVA was started in the U.S. Um, they're using geothermal for that. And fun fact, the Blue Lagoon, which a lot of people know from the Iceland picks, that's actually industrial waste. So they charge people to go bathe in this industrial waste. It's water that has been cycled through a geothermal power plant and then goes in these lagoons and people bathe in it. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> hey, I just like warm water. Ge- but, but I th- maybe a jargon <laughs> check. Maybe a jargon check on myself. Geothermal is it's the idea of being able to tap the energy that lies beneath the surface. So if you go deep enough, you find like superheated uh, water and 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 boiling water and those sort of things from the mantle coming up, or just as I have done on my property, uh, a horizontal bore field. You go six feet down. And, and it's just like being in a cave. You go into a cave in the middle of the winter, in the middle of the summer, it's always the same temperature. If you use that, that energy, that liquid coming out of there, it's always the same temp. You're not cooling uh, to 30 degrees uh, and you're fighting something that's 30 degrees or fighting something that's 100 degrees. So the differentials are smaller and uh, it makes it more efficient. Yeah, we've got a number of buildings in Georgia that have geothermal systems on them. Young Harris College, when Kathy Cox, our former Secretary of State, was president there, she drilled a lot of wells. Uh, She told me uh, that she had to drill a lot of them to make it work up there, and it was expensive to do. But to your point, John and Casey, I think there will be some additional tax credits. Uh, there's already a tax credit, but I think I think we are going to see these things beefed up a little bit to provide 
incentive. Agnes Scott College in their old front building there is uh, has just been redone with geothermal. The Houlihan's in, in Columbus, Georgia. Like uh, utilities have a high capital cost to build a power plant. So, oh gosh, it costs a lot of money. Well, yeah, but you get the energy from that. So the geothermal is the same thing. You have a high capital cost and then your, then your energy consumption collapses. Or in the case of Iceland, high capital cost and now they're just print money every day with this electricity. Yeah, as we wrap up here, I'll just share with you what my greatest fear in this game is as we think about as as we think about some kind of, you know, disaster on a football field. You think about a fumble or an interception out to a, a, a player in the flats where when that cornerback catches it, he's going for a pick six and it's all over. Uh, you know, for me, as I think about the federal government maybe having too much authority or putting too much pressure on us here in our state and other states, but I'm particularly concerned about us because we've been moving in the right direction, and I really don't want to see us forced to have to to do anything. And so that's kind of that's kind of my fear. I mean, we've got just another thirty seconds here as we wrap up. KC just. Thanks a lot for, you know, for co-hosting today and uh, and go Chiefs. Always a pleasure. And John, it's great to have you back on, man. You you add a lot of energy and a lot of uh, argumentativeness to the show. Just like the Buccaneers, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's a pirate at heart. That's for sure. Uh, well, well, look. Falcon. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're all Falcon fans, of course. Uh, well, it's been great having you guys with us, our audience. We love you. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, And we hope that your team wins uh, the Super Bowl this weekend. In the meantime, stay safe, everyone, and keep saving money on your power bill using technology wisely and living a more sustainable life. I'm Tim Eccles. You've been listening to Energy Matters. Have a great weekend. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com. Solarsunworld.com.